Hey, this is Eric. Welcome back to another episode of Tourism Marketing Mastery. And just before we jump into our episode, I wanted to give you some context for what we're going to be talking about in this episode. We are interviewing a guy that's really a unique individual in this industry. He's a multi-multi-million dollar um, marketer that comes out of Silicon Valley, has had uh, success in the tens of millions with a number of projects from startup, and has taken what he's learned in that Silicon Valley setting and applied it to tourism, which means that he does have a bit of a unique perspective on how he starts up a, a tourism-based business and how he's actually been able to use what he's learned to uh, outpace the competitors in his area within a year, and now he's been doubling his business every year in the last three years. So we're going to talk about that in the first part of this podcast, which is pretty awesome. I also wanted to address the fact that in the second half of the podcast, we're talking about um, a, a service that this individual is putting together that he never really planned on putting together. COVID kind of brought this out and he's putting together a resource for a bunch of other tourism operators. I wanted to also let you know that I am not in any way affiliated with um, benefiting from talking about what he's putting together. So the reason that you're listening to this podcast is because I saw what he was doing and I thought, you know what, this is really cool. I've already benefited from being part of the group that he's put together. And I just thought other tourism operators should know about it because there's no reason not to not to be part of um, this group that we're talking about. And so, yes, I will be promoting it. And it's because I believe in the service, in the group, and and the benefits that uh, that you get out of it. It's not because I get anything out of this personally. So, uh, I just thought you should know that before you get into this. I'm not, I'm not making anything from this. I'm not getting anything out of it. Um, it's just something that I thought would be good for you. So, without further ado, let's actually jump into this episode of Tourism Marketing Mastery. Enjoy. Hey, my name is Eric Hatterscheidt, and I'm part of a group of independent tourism operators that you've probably never heard of. We deliver experiences that are beyond a photo shoot. When they're not, we actually have to change our guests' lives. But because we don't have unlimited budgets like the big brands, we have to think differently. We have to be clever with our marketing. We need to reach our audiences to make the impact, but we also need to be profitable right from the start. Unfortunately, traditional education is about 20 years behind, and they aren't teaching us what we need to know. So we've decided to take matters into our own hands. We're sharing marketing tactics that work today because we are experienced masters, and what we do matters. All right, welcome to another episode of Tourism Marketing Mastery. I'm your host, Eric Hatterscheidt, and I'm bringing someone onto the podcast today as a guest that is extremely cool. This individual is an innovative entrepreneur. They're an investor, they're a marketing leader, and um, they self-define themselves as a growth marketing architect. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a second. This individual has launched several companies, um, and those companies have become leaders in their segments. He has led other companies to multiply top line revenue by a factor of five to 10 X, which is huge. He's also served on the executive team of a publicly traded company. He consistently produces strong results, um, serves as a cross-functional role in a number of different companies by leading uh, product engineering and marketing teams to identify gaps in the industry and strategically approach growth. Uh, not only that, but 
coming out of a Silicon Valley background, he's taken everything he's learned there and he's starting to apply it to the tourism market. So I think he's got some real gold nuggets to share with us. The individual I'm talking about today is Vitaly Levitt. Thanks Vitaly for coming on. It's awesome to have you here, man. Thank you, Eric. I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you would invite me onto your show. <laughs> um, as anybody that listens to this show, they know it's, it's a fairly casual environment here. So we're going to keep it um, pretty casual as far as the interview process goes. Just to let you guys know, as the listeners, I, how did we, let's, let's recap kind of how we met. It was a little bit, um, well, it, was not, it wasn't exactly planned. I think I put a post, know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put a post into uh, a tourism group, a Facebook group about just my approach to social media. And then uh, Vitaly reached out to me from there. Yeah, I think that your, your, your approach, well, anytime that I see something uh, being posted in one of those groups that are actually useful, <laughs> I, get really, I get really excited because uh, in my experience, most of the content that I found um, in the, like the tourism space and the tour operator uh, space has been very general uh, in a sense, it's very, it's high level, you know, you know, how do you do SEO? Oh, well, you, you know, you write great content and you build links. You know, how do you use social media? Well, you make sure you post every, every day. You know, it's that stuff. Uh, uh, it makes for great link bait and is uh, content that, that is put out oftentimes by rest tech companies or, or other technology companies in the space. But fundamentally we need more concrete guided step-by-step result-driven type of information. And I feel that, uh, you know, as soon as I saw yours, you know, I was like, I I, got to reach out to this guy, right? So so yeah, so I'm really glad I did. And your social media uh, webinar for anyone who hasn't seen it yet uh, is fantastic. Uh, Great program for sure. Cool, man. Well, I, I mean, I appreciate the shout out on that, but, uh, it's been interesting getting to know you because you are working on a couple of projects. You have a unique story that I'd like to delve into coming out of the Silicon Valley space and coming out of a position in the role where you very successfully um, have worked with a number of companies. Some of your stats are, are very impressive, which I didn't even mention in the, in the intro there. Um, bringing companies past 10 million in revenue, basically from zero and bringing multiple companies into the millions uh, for sure, essentially again, from almost zero. Uh, so you have, you have the track record to back this up, but then, but then you, you got into the tourism space. So I want to <laughs> explore that a little bit because it's like, okay, Silicon Valley marketer. And then all of a sudden now yeah. you're working with small tour operators and it's a very different market in my opinion. Um, so yeah. let's let, if you're cool with it, I want to take this back. So I want to take it back a little bit. Why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about um, your history so we get it, you know, from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And then, um, and then we can move forward into uh, how you got into the, uh, the, the tourism, yeah. space. And then from there, how, how you ended up being the organizer of a global um, tourism association. Yeah, so absolutely. take yeah. it back. Take it back for us, Vitaly. Let us yeah, know. Yeah, man. Um, how did you, you know what I think is really interesting too, for a lot of, uh, individuals, I, I would appreciate you taking it all the way back to like, um, really when you guys first moved to the States. Cause I think that's an important part of the story for 
for a lot of individuals to hear as well. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I don't talk about those early days that often anymore. I uh, immigrated to the United States with my mother and my immediate family in the early 90s after the Soviet Union fell from a country that is now called Moldova. It's a tiny little country that's sandwiched between Romania and Ukraine. And uh, was it was a it was you know was very thankful that 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 happened because I'm not sure I would have had nearly as many opportunities uh, there as I have here. But uh, my my mother worked her 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 butt off, you know, came over to the United States, and and um, I was plopped down into a private Jewish school for a little while, and then uh, my mother saved up enough money to to buy a house in the suburbs of Columbus, Ohio which is where we were. And I just never really kind of fit in. I was always kind of like the outcast, you know? Um, and uh, I think there were, there were two African-American people, two, two and two, two Jewish people at the, the mm. entire school of 2000 students. Um, and I just kind of always was beating to the sound of my own drum. Um, and I started college when I was still in high school uh, and I started my first company when I was still in college <laughs> and my senior year of, of, of university uh, I was making more money than most of the people that I knew that were, you know, years older than I was doing. I was doing consulting work at the time and, and uh, I dropped out of, of, of university and my mother almost had a heart attack yeah, of course. They always do. <laughs> Jewish, Jewish mom who wanted yeah. me to have, who wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer all of a sudden, her son's yeah. dropping out of college to start a, to start a, start some kind of company or, or, or whatever I was doing. Um, and uh, interestingly, I had a good friend of mine at the time who I was um, roommates with, and he had some technology that he had built, which was a text message platform. It was like pre-Twilio days, if anyone is familiar with Twilio, they're now a publicly traded company. They're a um, telecom uh, company. They, they allow SMS. So like anytime you like call an Uber and it says your, your Uber's on the way, yeah. that's, that, those types of high volume applications are the kind of technology that a friend of mine had built. And he said, hey, let's go build some cool stuff. Uh, and so we started experimenting. We built, uh, the first thing we built was a, um, a text message reminder system that, uh, that reminded you to move your car on street sweeping days. Oh. So in college, this was a huge problem because street sweeping started at 6 a.m. in the morning <laughs> and everyone that lived in, on, the, on the streets in the university and the dorms or even in the, the, in the housing that was around there, uh, I remember just walking around outside in the morning and just cars were just getting towed like left and right. It was just, <laughs> it was like massacre. And we thought maybe we can probably solve this problem. So, so we built a really simple little app. You text in like the, your address to this, to this short code, the six digit number. Um, and we essentially just geolocated that address to find out exactly what the street sweeping schedule was. And we just sent you a text message the day before and day of in the morning. We ended up uh, rolling that out on, at Ohio State. Um, got a contract with um, the city of Chicago to roll it out in that, in that city as well couldn't quite find a way to make money with it, but it was a really yeah. fun run. Um, and it was enough of, it was, it proved what we needed to prove, which is that he and I could work together. And so we became business partners and we started building a number of different uh, B2B and B2C applications. And we built it, you know, from our living room, um, you know, 
you would say dorm room, but I think we, we had a house that we shared. And so we built this company to, I think, almost a million dollars in revenue uh, in like two to three years. Yeah. And we moved out to San Francisco because we said, well, let's like spin out a component of our technology. Let's spin this out into something that's bigger. So we moved to San Francisco, started raising a round, uh, you know, a seed round of financing to, for this new entity. And just kind of realized that, uh, you know, I think like most, most people do in relationships, you know, founders break up and, yeah. uh, it was just that moment. It was just that time when we just decided that, you know, maybe it wasn't the right path for us. Uh, and, uh, I left and I left a week before I went to Burning Man. <laughs> I don't know if you know, do you know what Burning Man is, Eric? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, and going back to Twilio, like I'm very familiar with Twilio. We use it in yeah. our own software. Um, so I think maybe it's worth noting coming up with that um, at that point in time, you guys were ahead of your time, I think, for, yeah. for actually utilizing software like that. And then, yeah, of course, I know what Burning Man is, but uh, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I'm interested to see where Burning Man takes you. Yeah. Well, Burning Man is a very explorative place. <laughs> <laughs> put it mildly yeah um and i just i I remember just going there and just feeling better than i had felt in years um i think feeling kind of like this like weight has been kind of was kind of lifted off my shoulders and i could i had all these options now what was i gonna do i can do anything yeah um and i didn't have any ideas for starting anything new and so I came back to San Francisco. We were in San Francisco at the time. And I, I decided to work for someone. I was like, you know, like, let's go see what this like Silicon Valley type of roller coaster actually feels like. You know, let's, let's go and do it on someone else's dime. <laughs> yes, once. which is smart. Because <laughs> yeah. bootstrapping is hard. And, and yeah. you know, I was, ready, I was ready to just make some good money and, yeah. and stop putting my own into it. And so um, I think right around that time, I had, I had a couple of friends and a friend of mine said, hey, listen, there's this new company that was doing a bunch of R&D in India. And now they're in San Francisco. Their headquarters are here now. They just raised $3 million and they need help with their launch. Mm. Um, and this company was called HelpShift. It was really interesting. It's a mobile SDK. I'm not going to go into the specifics, but if you use the Microsoft Outlook app on your phone or you use Venmo or you use, uh, or you play Supercell games. I mean, there's like, I don't know, they're, they're on like a couple billion devices now, but essentially what it is is the entire help center, yeah. the entire help support section of an app. Essentially it's embedded within a mobile application and it streamlines communication between, um, between the app developer and their customer support team and you as the user. And we essentially did a pre-launch and I was with them on contract for like three months to help them launch. And we did such a great job. I think we like, we launched with a wait list of a few hundred app developers that were ready to, to start working with us. And I, um, uh, and then they asked me to, to join on full-time. That was my first full-time uh, marketing director, marketing leadership role uh, outside of my own company. We grew that company very quickly, and uh, I think we were. I think we did like we went from like one million to like three million to like five to ten or something like that. It was it was a it was a crazy ride. Um, 
And, you know, they're still using the messaging today that I, that I mm. built for them, you know, like however many years ago now. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I got to learn a little bit more about how Silicon Valley worked, which was really, really fun. I got to meet some great investors and VCs and made friends and engineers and product managers and uh, learn the language of Silicon Valley, mm. which is surprisingly unique. <laughs> you can imagine uh, it's a, one of the most one of the most technologically creative places in the world. Yeah. Um, you go to, you go to any cafe and all you hear, instead of like, like I think I'm in New York now. So like in New York, you go, you used to go into cafes when, <laughs> yeah. 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 but like when you sit in a cafe in New York, you'd hear people talking about like media and you would hear talking, people talking about uh, consumer products and you hear mm. people talking about finance um, and, and a lot of fashion, but there it's just tech. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's all it is. I mean, you, all you hear like algorithm, 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 mm. <laughs> just this kind of echoing in the coffee shop. Um, and then I just started bouncing around from there. You know, I just, I just, I just really enjoyed the work and I've helped multiple companies reach, you know, fantastic, hairy, audacious goals that they had. Um, and I learned a lot and my last tech role in San Francisco was for a company called OnePage. OnePage was in the recruiting space. Clients like Microsoft and Starbucks and you know a lot of big companies, um, and we were essentially doing like we were like a recruiting platform. We, yeah. we, we help them um, source candidates and then and then uh, reach out and actually you know set up interviews for them. And there I served as, I came on actually just on, on a consulting basis and then I moved to director of marketing and then they asked me to, to be a VP of marketing. It was publicly traded on the Australian Stock Exchange. And the board kind of decided at some point to go in another direction and, and, and experienced uh, a hostile takeover, yeah. which I would never recommend witnessing, let alone being part of. Um, it, I did actually read an article on that prior, just prior to this interview, I was going through some of the projects you were involved in and I was like, Ooh, this is a, it's like the Steve job esque one where you're, you're like, Hey, you're the owner of this company, but we're kicking you out yeah. now that we're the board of directors. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a, yeah. I don't know how often yeah. that's a good move, but anyway, go on. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that was, that was, that was pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> so, and so I was just, you know, we were, I was working, I think I was getting in the, I was getting in the office at like 4am every day and I was like leaving at, I don't know, eight. You know, I was just was working insane hours, yeah, trying yeah. to, trying to, trying to help as much as I could. And at the end of the day, it just didn't, you know, the, 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 the hostile takeover succeeded. Um, they, they, they kicked out everybody in the company and, and then, uh, thankfully that company, actually the IP and everything that they had, they had built is actually still in existence and actually thriving because the founder is just this mag, absolutely magnificent. Uh, entrepreneur and she uh i'm just i don't think i've ever seen anybody like it, it, she, she just she's like um who's, who's that x-men character who like once he starts running like no one can stop him kind of oh. thing. I, I, I forgot I forgot his name well are you talking, you about, talking about or is it somebody is that somebody uh, else? no they're the huge guy i forgot, I forgot the juggernaut oh, the juggernaut yeah, 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 yeah. So like that's, i felt like she was yeah. the juggernaut man like yeah. as she started going i was like <laughs> everybody get out of the way you know she's magnificent magnificent yeah. uh, entrepreneur um and i was, it was just a pleasure working with her and 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 now seeing that company thrive is awesome but but of course the ruins right so mm -hmm. um so after that you know i just kind of decided to like take a break 
um, I, I, I was in a very fortunate position that I could take, you know, time off a year or two and, and go travel. And so that's what, that's what, uh, my girlfriend at the time and I did, who's now my fiance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we decided to go travel for a couple of years and at the very beginning of our travels, I was in Tenerife. Uh, after walking the Camino de Santiago, which is this wonderful pilgrimage in Spain. I've heard lots about recommend. it. Yeah, it's on the list one day. It's one of those one day things. It's amazing. Yes. It's absolutely amazing. I, I did half of it. I can only do half of it. I walked for like three weeks. It was uh, <laughs> it's intense. Uh, and I was like, I needed like a break. And so obviously Tenerife was really close. And so I decided to go and like hang out on the beach and like let my feet kind of just relax for a little bit. And so uh, I went to Tenerife and uh, someone very close to me said, you know, there's this guy who's got a travel company here and he's been sending all of his business to this other, you know, boat charter company, this other sailing charter company. And if, if, if we had our own boat, we can keep all the profit, you know, mm. the, the, mo the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the most common thing <laughs> I think you'll yeah, hear yeah. ever. And I think I rushed into it a little bit. I mean, looking, looking back on it now, I definitely could have been much more thorough in my due diligence. <laughs> um, but I said, great, let's do it. And I bought a 49-foot sailing yacht. Uh, actually, it's a 51-foot, but it's called Bavaria 49. <laughs> it's a beautiful sailing boat. Uh, and it was already commercially licensed. Uh, and so it just made a lot of sense. And within... It was actually really funny because I came back and I, I, was there, I was there by myself at the time and I came back and I saw my fiance and I go, hey, uh, I, got something, <laughs> I got something I got to tell you. She's like, oh my God, yeah. this is going to be terrible. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. I bought a boat. <laughs> she goes, only you would go on like a spiritual journey and then like come back with a boat and a business. Uh, um, and so that's, that's what happened. So, so um within you know there was a lot of time like several months of like getting set up and 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 you know registered and licensed and all that kind of stuff and as soon as we started running money started disappearing and i couldn't understand why and so i flew there and i uh started going through the finances myself and through the mm -hmm. books and i realized that money was literally missing and my business partner was embezzling funds from the Shit. company mm -hmm. And at the time, I really just wanted to be an investor. I was like, I just want to put money in. You guys run yeah. it. You guys just send me a check. And that's it. Like, I want to be silent. But that wasn't really an option anymore because this guy was literally stealing money out of the company. Yeah. And, so, and so I bought him out and took over operations of the company. And that was actually, this is actually where the story, I think, got, kind of gets interesting. At least, you know, for the purposes of, the, of, of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because... Uh, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm. And it's been, it was, it's been a while since that, that, that was the case. And I was, I was kind of happy about it. I was proud of that. Uh, and I was very gung-ho and, and we worked our asses off. I think we recruited something like 70 to 80 local partners within the first few months. We got listed online. We launched a website. Uh, we did 250,000 uh, in sales in our first year. That's huge for any kind of tour company. Absolutely. Yeah. Just getting out of the gate. And like the competition was so fierce. I was not expecting nearly as much competition as there was. Cause we actually, we, we were initially, um, uh, uh, parked in like 
kind of like an off the beaten path uh, marina, a port. Yeah. And we said, no, we need to be like where the action's at. So we paid a premium, got an incredible spot, like literally right on the boardwalk. We put a big like banner on it and said like, you know, boat charters. We opened an office and we did, we, we worked our, 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 our butts off. Um, but the competition was, was not just fierce as in like, there are many of them, but man, they were aggressive. I don't know if I, I think I'm going yeah, to tell, tell me, tell, to tell me about some of the challenges that you were facing with, with the competition there. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> we moved when we moved to this spot. Uh, it's, it was, I think it's probably the biggest commercial uh port not a commercialism b2b but like commercialism like yeah yeah tourist tourism port uh in tenerife and you gotta there's like what did i say it was like five million five million tourists a year in tenerife huge yeah uh which is which is insane now it's not five million but it used to be five million yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it's like (laughs) and 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 these guys are just racing to the bottom I mean, that's all that all they were trying to compete on is price. And and that is not a good strategy for anyone. Not at all. Yeah. If you guys are listening anyone. to this podcast, I don't think, yeah, I don't know how many times I've said, this is a terrible idea. This is your strategy. It's yeah, do not end up. Price. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so we were, we were trying to go the opposite direction. I actually priced us as a premium product. We like, we, we like increased the quality of the service. We increased the quality of everything. We like, everything was just like top. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, like when, when we started going out more often than these guys that had been there for 10, 12, 15 years mm-hmm. and they got pissed. We had the police inspector called on us 11 times and I'm not even like, I'm not, we were, we were, we were fully registered. It was the same guy that just kept, kept, kept coming out. And like, he was like, well, someone called us on you and we need to come out and check you out. I'm like, listen, like. We have a boat that's coming in full of tourists and, 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 and our, our clients and you're standing there waiting for us to come in yeah. to port so that you can investigate us. Like, are you kidding me? Like how many times are you going to have to do this anyway? Yeah. Finally, like they stopped calling cause we were up on the up and up. Like we weren't cutting any corners. Yeah. And I actually walked around even before then I walked around and I like talked to these guys and I go like, Hey, you know, like let's, let's, let's chat. Like let's, let's, form some kind of alliance let's figure out how we can differentiate ourselves how we can cross promote how we can work together you guys are full sometimes we're full sometimes i'll send you customers whatever you want like whatever every single guy was like yeah got in my face Uh i don't want to talk to you like i know who you are you know i don't want you here at all i don't want to talk to you i don't want to work with you i don't want anything to do with you and that's kind of how it went for years and and that whole journey of building was actually very lonely for me mm-hmm. because uh, in Silicon Valley, and this is, I was actually talking to somebody about this today in Silicon Valley. And I think in like tech in general, uh, we can't, we're super spoiled. We're spoiled in the sense that there is this global knowledge base that's built by people who are, working towards some goal to further their company, their technology, their, you know, whatever they're trying to achieve and people document a lot of it and Mm. they share it very openly because that's what you do in tech. I mean, like I had my own documentation that I was doing and I was sharing and I was whatever else and people would learn from experiments and then they would post the results of their experiments and then people would read 
those results of the experiments and they would have a baseline to start from yeah. because God forbid you were to make the same mistakes, <laughs> you know, that somebody else already made yeah. when you don't need, when you don't need to. And so there's kind of this, you know, I call it like knowledge layering, right? Like you essentially have somebody that publishes their results. And so somebody else learns from that and says, Oh, I have a good idea on how to potentially modify or remix. Yeah. That. And then they, they try their thing and then they post their results and then somebody else. And so you have this very, um, accelerated form of innovation that occurs in every function of a company in the HR space where you have recruiting and you have uh, benefits and that sort of thing. And in the engineering where you have essentially, you know, technologists who are building things, salespeople, I mean, across every function, there's this almost uh, uh, exponential, right? Uh, growth because everybody is just continuously improving upon something that already exists. Yeah. And I totally took it for granted. I completely took it for granted because when I entered into tourism and I started doing this work with, uh, in this travel company, I just, I couldn't believe I was looking for information constantly. And I was like, where, where's all the, where's all the good stuff? Like <laughs> yeah. who out there is sharing the good stuff? You know? yeah. No, <laughs> well, I know. I, <laughs> that, I think that was one of the reasons that we connected is because I came out of a very similar space. I, I, for those of you that don't know, I, I was in a startup company, became an international company. We grew very fast. It was embedded in tech. And then from there, because we grew fast and I was in a marketing role, I got, um, kind of pulled into client conversations, I guess, similar to you. And that pulled me into a marketing world and in the marketing, marketing tech um, for sure. But in the marketing world, it's the exact same thing. Like we're always building, everyone's building on each other and information is shared very openly because the innovation is so fast in that space that you're just, you're sharing information to, to keep up, but it's that, yeah, everyone's progressing together. And then you're right in tourism, I get in and I'm like, so no wonder I struggled in tourism because everyone's trying to like hold their trade yeah. secrets. And, and it's, it, to me, it's, I think that's what we, yeah, we both said. It's Counterproductive. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's short-term gains, long-term losses. Yeah. Because fundamentally, if there's a, there's a, uh, in marketing, there's the rule of reciprocity, which is like a fundamental, it's one of uh, Kialdini's uh, yeah. six factors of influence. Yeah. And he says, if you give something away for free, people will want to give something back. Yeah. And I mean, I, this is the fundamental to a lot of marketing, you know, campaigns that you'll see out there, which is like, you know, download this ebook yeah. and you know, whatever else. Yeah. Um, but that actually is an inherent human trait. It's not a marketing, you know, yeah. gimmick. It is something that marketing has adopted because it works. And the primary property is that like, listen, if I just give you as much information as I can, you're going to want to give something back. And it's not that I want anything from you. It's just that that's the way that it works. Yeah. And so that's one of the cool things about that industry is that like, you know, when I read an article that somebody else spent time publishing and putting their information out there, it makes me want to do that for them. Mm, and, yeah. and I feel like that, that kind of, that kind of mentality that like short-term thinking, which is that like, no, it's all mine. I have to keep it all to myself but you really kind of miss out on this big picture, which is that like, listen, if you share, others will share too. I mean, look at Elon Musk, who decided to release yeah. and open source his entire patent library for Tesla. Yeah. I mean, 
thank you, man. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. you know, so, yeah. And so people can build on that now. I mean, this, something similarly is happening in the cryptocurrency world, the blame blockchain. Like the entire crypto space is all open source, right? I mean, like the entire book, the majority, 99% yeah. of it is all open source. And so you have financial product innovation that's occurring at speeds that are light years faster than what traditional uh, banking and um, monetary systems look like, right? So, so I just think that that's, that's that kind of, that kind of mentality, I think will take us a lot further. And so anyway, so, I'm going on a little rant there. I'm so sorry, but they're just, I'm like really passionate to, about yeah. this, you know? Yeah, I know. Sure. <laughs> and you and I both, man, like, yeah, I, obviously I, I think it's something that both of you or both, both of us see as just a massive uh, area for growth in the tourism space, Absolutely. which is, which leads me to the next few actions that you took. So you started this, this boat company, um, obviously you had competition in the space and it just was not a collaborative atmosphere. You're just butting heads with the competition in the space. Um, move forward a few years, you were basically doubling growth every year and then COVID hit. Now what? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Then, yeah, it was a very sad day by the way, cause we were on track to put up some really amazing numbers this year. And we like shifted our strategy to become a regional OTA because we had built enough authority on the website that I started ranking for things I shouldn't have been ranking for, like competing with, you know, uh, uh, embedded uh, companies, you know, and, and websites who have been around for, you know, a decade. Yeah. And, and we started competing with these guys. And so, and so we started moving into that region, regional OTA and this year was supposed to be amazing. And then COVID, of course, wipes out all my hopes and dreams. Womp, womp. <laughs> Same with everybody listening to this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but I, like, I kind of, I didn't, I, I don't know, my, 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 my mentality isn't really like mope around for, for too much. Actually, last year it was moping around, but this year was not mope, mope, mope mm. time. Um, and so I decided to, I, 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 I remember I had this moment where I was like, I have no one to talk to. Yeah. Okay. It was like, really, I was like, who is going through the same thing that I am? I clearly can't walk around in Tenerife. I can't even get to Tenerife right now. What am I going to do? <laughs> who am I going to talk to? Yeah. There's no like online community. There's no hacker news. There's no buzz, you know, trending yeah. buzz. Like there's, there's not, nothing out there. Uh, and so I decided to take a simple advertisement out on our tour company's uh, Facebook page. Yeah. And I just said, can I cuss? There's not, there's like no cuss. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, said, I said, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I, it's just, I was targeted other boat trip operators. I said, we don't have, you know, if you're, if you're fucked too, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you want to feel like, let's start a Facebook group. If you're interested yeah. in starting a Facebook group, cause I didn't even know if we needed to start one. Right. So I said, if you're interested in starting a Facebook group, uh, just put your email address on this little landing page and I'll, I'll let you know when it launches. And, I remember while launching that ad and going to bed and getting up in the morning and my eyes were like, I was, I was just shocked because I've been running Facebook ads for a long time. I spent many millions of dollars uh, and I spent something like $15 or something like that, or like $5 overnight. Uh, and I saw more results from that one ad than I have ever seen in like any of my advertisements. And within two weeks, uh, we had something like 
400 something people that were like raised their hands and, and like put their email address in and then another 600 people who like reacted to the thing and then another 400 300 three or 400 people who like sent like a uh, left a comment on the thread and just people were just like Huge, yeah. yeah i'm feeling this too and then somebody else is like oh i'm in the same area that you are and i wish we could talk and like i was like it's happening yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just like i was so excited because i i really wasn't expecting much i was like if i can get 10 people together i would feel better right yeah and now that group is 500 boat trip operators around the world um it's fantastic to see them sharing uh you know over the last few months and and thankfully some of them are recovering which is which is really um hopeful yeah and so through that process and kind of the last few months i've been talking to uh boat trip operators and i started putting on my own webinars uh and i started bringing other people that were you know experts in some field onto webinars and yeah. And people seem to really like it. And then I realized, uh, I think there's something here. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all of the pain and struggle that I had building the, the, the tour company and seeing others struggling and then seeing the reaction of community and education uh, for the space. And I just think I just kind of had one of those little aha moments where I was like, let's bring Silicon Valley thinking to tourism and build a real travel association that does more than put on an annual event and some networking mm-hmm. and actually builds technology, actually gives you step-by-step instruction and actually gives you frictionless, easy community to connect with people around the world and to significantly improve your business and, and, and your life. And that's the journey that we're on now. And I think one thing that you didn't uh, exactly say, although it's, it's in there if you read between the lines, but uh, what you've been doing is you've been bringing on just a whole bunch of tour operators and letting them share, this is, this is my story. This is how I like, this is my challenge and this is how I overcame it. And that is something absolutely that I see lacking in the industry. And I think is, is uh, there's a cry out from anybody in tourism saying, I wish I knew what other people were doing. And you're, you're actually providing that as a platform, which is pretty cool. And that's really one of the core reasons I wanted to bring you on. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of potential in bringing together, you know, there's, so I I saw a rival post like some, some stats recently, I think in the last like week or two Mm -hmm. where they said they, they, they posted uh, that there's, just over a million tour operators around the world um 80 percent of them uh have less than 2500 tourists a year or something like that and that's 800,000 tour operators out there that don't have actionable information in the community yeah to to rely on uh, that to me is kind of crazy. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a significant amount of people that don't have nearly as much support as other much smaller industries. Have. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's, and there's, I mean, what I see is that in, in this industry, there is a lot that uh, can be paralleled across the world. So maybe some, something's working great in 
in Southern Africa, that same concept often can work really well in Northern Spain. Like it can, yeah, it's, it's, uh, fundamental practices, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. one of the things that I loved about your, about your webinar and some of the stuff you were teaching is that, you, you know, you were, you were, you're less tactical and more strategic, right? Like you're, you're, you there's, mm -hmm. there's, there's fundamental components that you can uh, incorporate into your strategy that will give you significant results across multiple different channels and multiple different tactics, right? It's not, it's not just, it's not just like, oh, if you click this one button this way, that'll, yeah. that'll, 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 you know, help you. But you were actually teaching really fundamental uh, marketing um, strategy, which I think is, which I think is exactly what, what, what this industry needs. Yeah. I think that's just, that's just, it's not me being smarter. I think that's just me having the opportunity of having worked with quite a few businesses. So just the years of me being a consultant, I found out like, Oh, the tactical stuff is stuff that they can either find or they can hire. Like you said, like there's so much stuff that's just, you could Google this and find out what to yep. do with SEO. Yep. The strategy is the stuff that you can't Google. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to focus on that. Not only that, but the tactics change all the time strategy for the most part, I try and focus on here's the evergreen strategy that will work even as the platforms change and as things move, it's focusing on the psychology of how, why this works. And so to me, that's, a, that is something again, that needs to be yeah. talked about more in the industry is like, what's the evergreen tactic that will work right. just as effectively. Also the results. Yeah. yeah. The fact, the fact that like in that, like, cause, cause you were, you were very clear in that one you were, you were actually, you were teaching and showing and you were yeah. saying like, here's, here's, what we did, here's how we did it here. And here are the results that we got. Yeah. And I think that that's that like, I mean, I can tell you right now that if you, you know, jump off your, your, your ceiling off your, off your roof, you can fly, you know, but unless I show you that I can actually do that. And then I show you that I safely land, you're yeah. not going to like follow me. Right. You're going to be like, ah, oh, that guy's crazy. But that's, I think that's one of the things is that like, is that the, the results have to be documented. I think, and that's important too, especially what I found is if you're telling people to do things that the industry is telling you not to do. So for instance, a lot of people will say, oh, you need to post every day. And I'm like, man, we post like once a month, but here's how it works. And here's what the results are from that. Then I, I have to show the results because people don't believe that that would actually work. So I'm like, well, mm -hmm. here's how we're doing it. And here's the results. They're usually a lot better than what anybody else in the industry is showing. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're going to talk about it, you better walk it too. I mean, I was, I was blown away. I, I was, I, I watched that and I was like, oh man, we are failing hard on social media. And that's funny cause too, cause like I took a more automated approach cause I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, a, I'm a growth architect. So I, I don't, I, I just tend to gravitate towards, um, quantitative, yeah. uh, kind of approaches where I'm like looking at, at, at the actual architecture of how things work. And you're like, more like the designer you're like you i mean I, you probably do a lot of other things and i, I i'm sure you do but that, that particular webinar was very much was less about like you know here's how you here's where you actually post and like what the tags are that you use mm. and all that kind of crap yours was actually more kind of like here's like how you set your persona and here's how to communicate in a in a real way and here's how to like like actually connect with people like more on the communication mm. side, which I, I think I really appreciate because we grew our Instagram account to like 10,000 followers and we did like a hyper-targeted approach, but I never had anybody like you uh, or even like your training, right? <laughs> I never had anybody like you to actually write the copy and actually create that component of it, which I, I really, really appreciate. I feel like, I feel like my bots and your, 
and your communications would go really well together. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's another conversation for, for the future for sure. Um, let's, um, I don't, we don't have that much time left here. So let's, let's explore a little bit deeper around um, what you guys are building now with, with ITA. I don't know if we've actually even verbally mentioned uh, what it is that you're doing, um, what it's called, how you, yeah, yeah how to get uh, involved with it. But let's, let's discuss yeah. a little bit more because I think it's a really cool platform that you're putting together. So um, obviously now I've, I've spilled the beans. It's called ITA, Sensor <laughs> Independent Travel Association. Um, but you are still in the early days of it. So if somebody's listening to this podcast uh, in the next next few weeks or months, um, where are they going to go to find out more info on that? Yeah, absolutely. How do you get, get in, you, get involved? What do they get? But, yeah. So many things. Um, I think that one of the, one of the, one of our kind of, one of our core missions that I was thinking about was like, you know, we did a, we did a survey of tour operators around the world. We get about 300 different survey responses and we asked, you know, what's the most important thing for you? And unanimously, as in most small businesses, they said, we want more bookings, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It makes sense. I mean, yeah. yeah, I also want more bookings. I think everybody wants more bookings. Yeah. And so we've essentially just built, um, everything that we can so far. I mean, there's a lot more to do in the future, but we're launching with essentially a set of, um, um, I don't know, I don't call them features, but like the things that you get, you know, as part of this, as part of this thing. And everything is around getting you more bookings. Uh, that's that like fundamentally, that's, that's all we really want to accomplish at ITA is yeah. how do we get you more bookings faster uh how do we get them cheaper how do we get them uh how do we just fill your entire pipeline how do we just book you out like that like all of those the the these are words that like you know are used by uh tour operators that, that have filled out the survey and um you can find out more about it it's going to be launching uh i hope at the end of august maybe <laughs> september we're, we're working very hard to get it up and running uh but it's called the independent travel association and it's at travelassociation.org it's a awesome domain that, that that somehow we got i don't know how i don't know how understand how no other travel association in the world has ever registered it, it doesn't make any sense to me but we got travelassociation.org and it's broken down into four primary components so far. We essentially have like a training and how to section uh, kind of, you know, portal. And then that portal there's on demand webinars, which is a collection now of about five or six webinars. And then we'll be doing one new webinar every two weeks uh, only for ITA members. Um, there's going to be something called hot seat webinars uh, that we'll be introducing at a later date, which is essentially what we'll review like one of your, our mentors, Eric actually here has, been so gracious to offer his help and assistance on, on doing these live seat, uh, hot seat webinars where we will actually break down uh, live uh, every week one of the members' websites or marketing campaigns or social media properties or advertisement or I mean, anything that you want that you're like, oh, this isn't working and you'd help. We're going to be there for you. Um, That's there not, is, the hot seats, I'll break that just for a second. Hot yeah. seats. Um, Hot seats. I don't know where hot seat, the concept came from. I definitely got introduced to it in the tech world um, where basically it's, Hey, what's the, what's the challenge, right? And it's called a hot seat. Cause you're there and you're getting super vulnerable. You're like, Hey, this is the biggest thing that I'm challenged with right now. And I, 
I'm an idiot in this area. And you sit there and sweat because now you've just unveiled your shit to the world. <laughs> but so you have useful. A, yeah, but you have a room of, of, or an individual at the very least yeah. that's highly capable. Usually it's a few individuals that are highly capable that will say, I've been there before. This is what your next step is coming out of it. So to me, hot seats have been the most, most yeah. valuable thing um, to leverage kind of in my own growth uh, for yeah. sure. Cause it's just huge leaps forward when you're like, there's no way out of this. And then you talk to someone, they're like, oh yeah, no, that's simple. Yeah, yeah. Here's what you do. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, he, within five seconds, he crazy, solved right? like yeah, $100,000 problem. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I feel like I'll be like, I'll be stuck on something like for a month, you know, like yeah. ruminating over like, what's the solution? And I'll have one conversation for half an hour with a mentor of mine. He's yeah. like, boom, and like blows the whole thing up. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I see it. You know, yeah. it's amazing. Um, so, so there's going to be that. And that's going to be training on how to. There's a whole community section where you get access to a private uh, Facebook group. There's a member directory that you can reach out to. There's a private link exchange that we're going to be facilitating so that you can essentially exchange links with other websites and bring, bring your SEO score up. That's going to be done in a very, by the way, white hat and very elegant way. Uh, no black hat stuff here, please. Uh, we're going to do a trip exchange with the community. So if you want to go somewhere with, uh, cool. and the ITA member is at that location, you can actually exchange trips. Uh, on, I think we really cool. There's a entire COVID resources portal uh, where you can access. We're actually, we built a real time um, travel restrictions uh, tracker global, which essentially allows you to like put in whatever countries that you want to track, like all your origin and really destination cool. con countries. It'll send you a notification whenever the travel restrictions change in that country. Oh, that's really cool. Um, we're, uh, we, we have a COVID design templates for reopening. There's a checklists on there. We have an entire bookings portal. So we, we partnered with Curiosity. Um, we're still ironing out some details on how that works, but essentially as part of the membership, you'll get access to Curiosity, which is a commission-free, zero commission OTA. We were actually going to build this ourselves, but Chris... Chris Chris did a fantastic yeah. job with it and i'm like i'd much rather partner with him we have plenty of our own other things to, to, to focus on um and then uh, there's also going to be a, like a free directory site which will give you a free high value link back to your site as well and again more bookings direct bookings trying to trying to reduce the amount of commissions that are that are uh, that you pay out to, to otas and partners and um so much more that that i don't have time to talk to talk about right now. So it sounds um, like an amazing, amazing resource. There's obviously you've got, you've got just, you're just stacking the value on. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about now? Uh, what's the membership look like and where would they, where would they find that? Yeah, I think, I think the best route right now is just to go to travelassociation.org. You will either see depending on when you're listening to this, yeah. you will either see a splash page where you can enter your email to be notified of updates. And we will have a charter membership program. Essentially, if you're on this pre-launch email list, you'll get free access at a very high discount, like 80% discount of, of what uh, um, the, the price typically would be. And I, right now, I'm just, I just want to deliver as much value. And I know that a COVID is a huge yeah, obviously like I, you know, yeah, my travel company is suffering too. Every, every travel company is suffering. So we're not even, yeah. I mean, it's like, I think our, I think our launch price is $9 a month for charter members. Then it's like a lifetime <laughs> ridiculous lifetime. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's for all you get. That's, that's insane. 
Um, and so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be There's a great no reason to say no. I, I, I hope not. I mean, if you can't afford yeah. nine bucks a month to significantly improve your booking volume, I'm not sure how to help you. <laughs> well, listen, Vitaly, you sold me. We're, we're, we're signing up. <laughs> You've got my business. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, for sure. Cause yeah, there's no reason not to. So that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, there's, there's way. Thank you. Yeah. It's insane. And to, when you told me that price, I was like, dude, like you, yeah, you're low price should be like 10 times that, but I know but, I was actually uh, thinking about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I honestly, like, even if we get like, well, my goal is to, is to be at a thousand members by, uh, by the end of this year, mm. I, think we'll, I think we'll get there much faster than that, but that's my goal essentially is to get by the end of the year. But even at a thousand members, I mean, still like we're only making what 4,500 bucks a month and we're just going to be pumping content out like nonstop. Yeah. It'll probably yeah, be at in, least, I mean, when, when, when travel companies start making money, we'll, we'll hopefully start making actual mm. money as well. To, and, and really like, I think Zuckerberg, I mean, love him or hate him. He's still a genius, but he said something really, really great. He said, we don't build products to make money. We make money to build products. Mm. And I found that to be, I think one of my guiding principles when I'm like working on companies is that like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I, you know, we're not building things to like, to like, you know, to like get money from you. We want your money so that we can build you more cool stuff. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, really fundamentally it. Totally, and that's awesome. I love that philosophy. Yeah. 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 Um, well, Vitaly, we are, <laughs> we're at time. So just once again, guys, we will absolutely be putting the, the link in the show notes. So if you need to figure out uh, how to get to the Independent Travel Association or travelassociation.org, um, we're going to put the link in the show notes down below. And depending on when you listen to this episode, it might be pre-launch or it might be post-launch. Either way, um, we're going to be going in there. We're going to be a member for sure. This, the value is just way too high to say no to that. Um, and I would definitely, I would highly encourage you to, to come on board. There's, there's really, it's a, it's virtually a no lose scenario. So, um, there's a, there's a money back guarantee too. So it's, it's literally a no lose scenario. Okay. It's literally a no, <laughs> no lose scenario. Awesome. Vitaly. I got to run. Um, I, gotta, I have a client call of my own here. So I appreciate uh, your time immensely, man. And I suspect Thank that you. this is far from going to be the last time that we talk and probably not the last time that we do an interview with you either. I suspect that you guys are going to see some pretty cool growth in the next um, few months and years. So wish you all the best and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Eric, for having me. And, and thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear me ramble on about, uh, you know, my, 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 my story. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Talk to you guys totally. soon. Yeah. Cheers.